Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Survey done by some group, the statement was made that there are 313 different religious groups in the United States. And these groups are composed of people who are part of 380,000 different churches. And then I think of the words of Jesus in John 17. Jesus said, Father, I pray that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they all may be one in Christ, that the world may believe that you have sent me. I also read that there is a disturbingly absent belief and acceptance of Jesus that has been on a decline for many, many years. And when I hear that, I put those two together. Why is it that people don't as much believe in Jesus now as they did at one time? And is it because we are not one for people to believe that God sent him? I certainly think that is one of the prime reasons why people don't believe in God today. For a few minutes today, I want us to consider the church of the Bible. If you're looking for a church today, maybe you are here, but you are just checking it out. Maybe online there are people who are saying, well, I'd like to find a good church to be a part of. And there are so many options that are out there. And the question is, do I want to be a part of a church that is following Jesus? And I think the answer for most people would be yes. So how am I going to figure that out? How am I going to know amongst all of these different groups the ones that I am confident are following Jesus. Think with me for just a few minutes. Number one, in order to answer this, we need to understand the church. The word that is considered to be the word church. It is a word that is used many times in Scripture, but it is technically mistranslated. Church is a word in Greek, ekklesia. 
And it means those who have been called out of the world to God. It's a compound word, ek, kaleo, called out. So the, the literal translation of ekklesia is the called out ones. It has been translated as church because we understand that concept of church. But it really is the called out ones. And it could be a number of different things. For instance, in Acts 19 when Paul was in the city of Ephesus and he comes into conflict with the people who believe in the goddess Diana. And they are upset because he is preaching against their goddess. And there's a big uproar in the city of Ephesus. And the Bible says in verse 32 that the people came from their houses to an assembly, but they had no idea what it was all about. The word there is ecclesia. Well, they weren't called to church. They were called out because of the uproar. In verse 39, the city clerk stood up and said, now wait a minute. You've brought this mob together to accuse someone of a crime, and the crime has not been done. But if it has, then the sellers of the images of the goddess Diana, let them take their case to the lawful assembly. Same word. Not a church, but a court. And it was then in verse 41 that he dismissed the assembly. You see, this word was used for any group of people called together for any purpose at all. It was also used, Acts 7 and verse 38, to describe the Israelites in the wilderness. The New King James translates it as, it was Moses' congregation in the wilderness. Literally, they were the called out ones. Now that's picturesque because God's people were called out of Egypt and into the wilderness. They were the called out ones. And so they were described also in Hebrews 2 and 12 the same way as the called out ones. And therefore in the Old Testament it is said, I will sing your praises in the congregation, meaning among the called out ones we will sing to God. So the word simply is the called out ones, out of the world and to God. But now the word church comes from a different word. It comes from a different Greek word, kuriakos, meaning of the Lord. It is used in 1 Corinthians 11 in verse 18 when he talked about the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Supper of the Lord. It is the Supper of the Lord. John in Revelation 1 in verse 10 spoke about the Lord's Day, the Day of the Lord. That phrase, kuriakos, church, is a transliteration that means 
a group of people who are of the Lord. Now, the second thing we need to see as we're trying to identify those people, that group, the ones that Jesus approves, I want to look at that word as it is used in Scripture. And I want to find out who is this group called out? Who are the ecclesia? And if I can find out who those called out ones are, if I understand their characteristics, then I can find that church, those people, and I can serve God acceptably. Here's what I find. This word is used about 115 times in the New Testament. And from those uses of this word, there are some thoughts that I want to share that God has given us to help us understand what he's talking about. The called out ones. Who are they? Number one, they are a group of people who are confidently anticipated. Jesus in Matthew 16 verse 18 said, On this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. If we translate it with that meaning that we've already given, here's what Jesus said. On this rock, meaning the confession of Peter, I'm going to build my called out ones. Jesus said, my called out ones are going to be built on a confession that Jesus is the Son of God. And it was anticipated. We could go back in the Old Testament and notice that this prophecy was given for decades and centuries. But then God reminds us in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10, another use of this word, speaking about this group to the intent that now to principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus. This was an eternal purpose, an eternal event, an eternal anticipation that it was coming someday. And notice what he said. Literally, the called out ones are supposed to spread the message of Jesus. So, this group, these called out ones, were consist or confidently anticipated throughout Scripture. It was coming, it was going to happen. And Jesus said, I'll make sure that it does. I want to be a part of the called out ones whom all Scripture prophesied was coming. And that Jesus said he would build. Number two, it is a group of people that are corporately addressed. 
In other words, there is the big, for our terms, not a good term spiritually, but for our terms to understand, there is the big corporation called the church. Now, it's not a corporation in the business sense, but it is the church. And therefore, the Bible speaks of them in a corporate sense. That is, a vast, overall, overarching group called, in Romans 16 and verse 16, the churches of Christ. That's that word, ecclesia. It could read, and probably should read, the called out ones of Christ. Salute you. Addressed in a corporate way. That is, in a larger sense. A sense in which, or sense that includes every single individual, no matter where they are. Paul said to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17, I've sent Timothy to you. That he might remind you of the things that I preach everywhere in all the churches or among all the called out ones. We're called out. And in this called out concept, we not only are a part of a group of people anticipated eternally by God, but we are a part of a larger group called the church that includes all the called out ones. But then third, those called out ones are congregationally arranged. That big group has individual congregations who are a part of that corporate idea. And that is extremely important. It is, in my mind, one of the most powerful things that God ever did for us. In Acts chapter 20, Paul was on his way to Rome. He had appealed his case being charged for insurrection against the Roman Empire. And he had appealed his case to Caesar. He said, I want to be heard as a Roman citizen. And so while on the way there for that trial, he came by Ephesus and he thought, I better, I want to meet with some people that I may never see Again. So in verse 17 of Acts 20, while he was in Miletus, the Bible says that Paul called for the elders of the church at Ephesus. They were the elders of the called out ones in Ephesus. And he told them in verse 28. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. This corporate group 
is arranged in congregational meeting groups. And each one of those congregational groups is overseen or should be, at least in time, overseen by a group of men who shepherd that church, who pastor that church, who manage that church, who are older men overseeing that church. That's their job. And in that congregational arrangement, they operate with their judgment of God's Word in a way that is accurate and fully in truth with God as best they can, but by definition will not look exactly the same as a group over there managed by those elders or a group over there under those overseers or a group over there under those pastors and bishops. They're different. They are all a part of the corporate setting, but there are differences in the way that each congregation manifests itself to do its work in their city and in their culture and environment. So it doesn't look exactly the same. But even though it doesn't look exactly the same, we're all a part of this corporate idea anticipated from the past that God speaks of in His Word. But in order to make that congregational model work, we have to be completely agreeable. We have to be completely agreeable. Ephesians 1 and verse 22, the Bible says that God gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church, which is body. Jesus is the head of the church. I have to be agreeable that Jesus is the head. Each congregation must be agreeable that Jesus is the head because the corporate idea, church, does believe, does agree that Jesus is the head. And I must agree, Ephesians 5, with everyone in the local congregational setting. Do I have to think exactly alike? No, but I need to be agreeable. We need to get together. Ephesians 5 and 21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. But then he goes on to say through verse 25 that Jesus is the head of the church. He gave himself for the church. He laid down his life. And we ought to be submissive to him. In order for the congregational model to work, each congregational group of leaders, those elders, must operate under Jesus as the head and agree to let him have authority. Because you know what? The church, the called out ones the Bible discusses that we're talking about, don't have 
a corporation over them physically. We are an independent group of people in Richmond. Nobody in other, in any other town, in any other state tells us what to do. Nobody. We operate independently and autonomously. And in order for that model to work, every autonomous congregation of God's people called out once must agree that Jesus is the head and we're going to follow him. Unlike many religious groups who have some other kind of physical head telling all the congregational models what they have to do. That's not what I read in Scripture. I read that we function congregationally, agreeing that Jesus is our head. And we take no rules from anyone else. That's why. That's why we then are carefully attentive to what God says. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3 in verse 15. I've written these things to you that you might know how you ought to conduct yourself in the church, which is the household of God. I wrote you, Paul said to Timothy, so that you can know how to conduct yourselves among the called out ones. I am attentive to Jesus. Our elders who manage and guide and lead must be attentive to Jesus first. Yes, they listen to all of us. Yes, they hear our concerns. Yes, they hear our good ideas. But they are attentive to Jesus first. And then everything that comes up is seen in that context. So the church is a group of people who, based on Scripture, are carefully attentive to the Word of God. And finally, they are a group of people who are consistently assembled together. One of the main problems with a concept of the church is the attitude that I have heard many times and that seems to be rather prevalent. Jesus, yes. Church, no. You think about what that means for a minute. Someone who wants to profess great faith in Jesus. I want to submit to Jesus. I want Jesus to control my life. I love what he did for me. I love the sacrifice. I love the concept of Jesus. I love who he was, but I don't have any desire 
I don't have any care to be a part of a church. Well, now, wait a minute. In 1 Corinthians 11, four times, Paul used the phrase, come together. In verse 18, in fact, as he addressed their abuse of the Lord's Supper, he used this phrase, when you come together as a church, when you come together as the called out ones, I have something against you. Paul understood that they were in the habit consistently of assembling together. Can a person be a faithful follower of Jesus and not be a part of the church that he said he would set up? Well, number one, that's an impossibility. Because if you're in Christ, you are in his church corporately. You are a part of the called out ones. You have left the world and you've come to Jesus. You've been called out. Therefore, it is not possible for you to be in Jesus without being in his church. But the answer secondly to the question is this. Can you be a part of Jesus faithfully without being a part of the congregational model? And the answer is no. Because I know that God expects his called out ones to assemble consistently together. And anybody who is not willing to assemble consistently with all the called out ones in a particular location is not faithfully following Jesus who died for that very concept. So what am I saying? Out of all those religious groups in the U.S., probably hundreds more worldwide. How do I know which one Jesus approves? I'll know it because I'll be a part of a group that was prophesied in Scripture. And as Scripture details, it was founded in Acts chapter 2. Those called out ones first came to Jesus. And as that group about which prophecy was given, they were anticipated. And once they arrived, the Word of God began to address them. Here is the church. And the Bible talks to them about who they are supposed to be. And in those congregational models, are you following what the Bible teaches? Is the Bible the source of your information in a congregational way? 
this would be a group of people who agree that Jesus is the head and we operate under him without looking to let somebody else tell us what to do. And if I'm agreeable to that concept, then I'm going to be attentive to whatever he says. You find a church that's a people of the book, that studies the Bible and gets into digging into the Word of God. And then they are assembling together on a regular basis because that's what God wants and that's what we need. This is the church of the Bible. And there are many different discussions we can have within that congregational model. And that's okay. There can be differences. There can be similarities. But they all must fall under the oversight of Jesus through His Word. Tonight I hope that you will take time to think with me about the Bible of the church and what that means. Today have you been called out? If you've read Scripture, you've been called out. God wants you to be saved. He wants you to be a part of His family. And anyone who is submissive to Jesus and is baptized for the remission of sins becomes one of the called out, one of the ecclesia, a part of the church. Sometimes we get in trouble. Our faith wanes and we fail. Today, if you're ready to be one of the called out or more faithfully to serve God with our help, you can meet our shepherds at the front. Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.